Greetings and salutations to our fine podcast audience. Welcome to episode 135. We, we made, made it. it. Oh, in stereo. <laughs> yeah, nice job, guys. All right. My name is Jason. It's Ed. It's Nathan. We're the teaching team at Community Christian Church. Uh, we come together, answer questions that you send us every week to help us think and respond to our world in a Jesus-centered way. And today, no exception. Uh, we got a really serious question. So, and we said in our last podcast we weren't going to goof around too much because people like to. Some people don't like our banter in the very beginning. That's they right. Like to scrub past all. So, of that. since this is a serious question, we're going to be serious from the we're beginning. Get right to it. Start up. Y'all good with that? I'm good. Start her up. So here we go. Question from anonymous person says. I have a friend whose mother, who was in her 80s and a very strong Christian woman, was given a terminal diagnosis, and rather than a grueling and painful treatment, she chose to commit suicide. While she seems, her friend, seems to understand why her mom did that, she is gripped with fear that her mom is not in heaven because her mom took her own life. Mm -hmm. So they have two questions for us. Number one, do you think her mom is in heaven? And number two, if you think she is, what is there in God's word that I can use and share with her to put her mind at ease? And they end by saying, thank you for your help. We will do our best. <laughs> um, so let's I, let's start with the first one and um, see if we can bring some clarity to this. She wants to know what we think about, uh, in general, I assume, uh, people who commit suicide. And, and I've, I've just learned this, and I apologize for saying it wrong. Um, commit suicide is not the right way to say that any longer. All right. Um, and I never thought about this before. Someone opened my eyes to it. They said, um, you know, it, the word commit actually in, in it, it gives the idea that someone has committed a crime or done something. Okay. You know, um, but to refer to it as someone who died by suicide rather okay. than impugning the person. Because obviously the person who died by suicide had something wrong going on with them that lead them to that action. Sure. So I want to be respectful of that. And I, I, I get that. I hadn't thought of that. So I'm going to try to do better on that. But yeah. someone who dies in this way, takes their own life, um, we need to talk about their eternal destiny. Um, do y'all want to jump on it? Do you want to just, I got a few you know, statements that I wrote down. Well, I don't care if you want to read your statement. What do you want to do? I, I, you know, I just, here's where I land on this. I, I feel like I, it's not a, a very, for me, I don't personally like to land in the spot where I am blaming a person for something that really, truly has happened to them. And what I mean by that is no one takes their own life without experiencing depressive thoughts, um, mental um, anguish. Of anguish. Some kind. Yes, that's a good word. I like that word. Um, and so it happens to a person. We can't blame a person. Here's what I here's what I wrote. We can't blame a person for their depression for what their depression leads them to say and do, and that includes suicidal thoughts and suicidal actions. Hmm. I, I I don't think that's a good place to stand as a person who is trying to love like Jesus. Yeah, and I think sometimes when because and I do know where this comes from. There there's you know doctrinal teachings that people have stood on for a long long time that just says no that's a sin and. You can't kill, and you killed, and so there you go. And, and it's just A, B, C, I'm done. And I think there's more to it than that. Well, you know, the tough part is is that I think there are probably a couple of thoughts that are 
are uh, important to say, I think, one is there is no definitive teaching in the scripture that says suicide right. is somehow unforgivable. Now, I know you can't repent of it, mm. but then so that builds on a thought of the only sin that can be forgiven is a repented of sin, right. which I would maybe... I wouldn't agree with 100% in every kind of instance. I would say if, if I agreed with that, then there's a lot of us. A lot of us in danger because there are sins we <laughs> yeah. commit that, one, we yeah. don't realize our sins well, at the time. And there they, certainly is uh, scriptural evidence that the Holy Spirit uh, prays for us for things we don't even know to pray that's for. Right, so sure. if I'm living in touch with the Holy Spirit. So and, I, yeah. I, to, 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 to benefit your point of, every sin having to be individually repented of. There does not seem to be any evidence that that is what Jesus, when Jesus says repent, I'm trying to think of the times that the words of repent and, you know, believe the good news, or uh, Peter says repent and be baptized. That is not what they mean by repent. They do not mean make a list of every individual sin you've no, ever done. Make sure you name it. Yeah. So, no, right. so to well, your and point. I, and I also think that if you take that stance, you're basing... Uh, salvation in eternity on the timing of sin. That's right. Sure. And the amount of sin. And I, and I don't see, and like Ed just said, I don't see any place where Jesus nor any of his followers have ever taught that that is true. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't sound like grace to mm, me no. to say that the love of God is canceled by my one act. Right. That it might be my last act that I can't, because if that's true, then you're right. Murder is sin. I 100% agree with that. Murder is sin. So is lying. Yeah. So what if the last thing I say is not truthful? Right. right. What if the last yeah. thing I do is I take something that doesn't belong to me? Mm -hmm. I get that killing we think of as being a bigger deal. And it is a bigger deal in that generally I'm killing somebody else. I'm taking a life, uh, someone else's life. But I'll just say again, I think they said, what hope can I get from the Scripture? Well, the hope from the Scripture would be that it's not definitive. It's just not That's definitive right. in the Scripture. There are instances of people that kill themselves in the Bible, yes. and it isn't definitive hmm. that they are somehow condemned. Not all of them. That's right. true. It's just not definitive that they are condemned. Mm -hmm. I think generally, and I don't mean this as a criticism, because the largest body of Christianity has and still is generally been Catholic, yeah. mm -hmm. we have a lot we owe a benefit to the to Catholicism. Um, but that one teaching is what stands out in people's mind that mm -hmm. suicide's wrong hundred percent of the times. Nothing you can do, you, you know, yeah. or the all, idea of just mortal sins it, and these it, kind it, of yeah, there's be, this, yeah, it's yeah. just going to be a big thing. It doesn't fit the character of God that God would cancel my life. And this person who was a committed Christian, that one act of desperation or one act of I feel like there's nothing else I can do, uh, somehow cancels a lifetime of of living with Jesus. It just doesn't seem reasonable. I may be wrong because there's nothing well, definitive that says I'm right either. But we also know, and I, because I'm I'm in this world right now. I'm I'm in the process of studying you know, psychology and, um, you know, what leads people to the point of suicidal thoughts and then taking suicidal actions. And there, ha there is always a, 
a justification going on within the mind of a person. Nobody, I've always said this phrase kind of flippantly and said, everybody, you know, everything everybody does makes sense to them at the moment. Right. And in a lot of ways, this applies to suicide as well. I'm not justifying it at all, <laughs> but inside the mind of a person who is suicidal, they have figured out a way somehow, and it is not a right way of thinking. It's a warped way of thinking, but it is a justification going on inside of them that tells them that this is the right thing to do. It, it, it is beneficial to me. It is beneficial to the people that I love. Many people who have failed to take their own lives, once they've talked about it after, after it's over, they will tell you this, that I thought it was going to help my family. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be a, a, a blessing to my children. Of course, everybody in the family says, how in the world could you think this? Right. But again, inside their own mind. So I'm not justifying. I'm not saying that sin's not sin if you don't think no, it's right. sin. But I am saying that, as, as you just said, Ed, it, it doesn't sound like grace for then for us to say, well, God just, you know, it's a it's a it's a ABC kind of thing. Oh, I'm not that. saying that suicide isn't sin. I'm not no, saying that. I'm not saying that. No. I'm saying it's not clear cut that it somehow is yes. the one thing that there is no way God can forgive. And doesn't it also? We've we've quoted this scripture before, and I jotted it down. The Second Corinthians five, uh, where Paul says God was in Christ on the cross. Uh, not counting our sins against right. us. And now that is the posture that God right. see He deals with right. us, not based on our sin. And I think that that goes a long way in helping us understand the role that sin for those of us who are uh who are trusting in Jesus, yes, we do sin. We sin every day in thought, word, and deed, in all kinds of ways, in ways that I know and in ways that I don't, don't understand. Mm -hmm. Sins of omission, sins of commission, all of that stuff. But the, but the good news is God doesn't deal with me on the basis of any of that any longer. I live underneath grace. Now, of course, Paul's done dealt with, should I sin more? No, that's not it. But there is a, and if it's not that, then how could it be good news? Right, that's right. You know right. what I mean? There's got to be something where grace, grace has got to cover something. So I think What's we should. What's I think we should talk on the side of what hope could you give your friend. I think hope is found in the character of God as revealed in Jesus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to focus on not the act of the person, mm -hmm. not what you think was happening with the person, mm -hmm. but the God that they stand before. And there, I have spoken at suicide funerals, and I've spoken at other funerals where, frankly, I didn't know the character of the person. And instead of doing what so many people do is, you know, ain't never been a, a bad dead person is what I say at some funerals, mm -hmm. apparently. Everybody's mm -hmm. going to a better place. Well, there are people I don't know. I don't tend to say I know this person's going to a better place. What I know is they are facing a really just, loving, kind God. Yeah. I know that every one of us one day will be shocked at how gracious God is, shocked at how loving He is, overwhelmed with how much mercy and kindness He has, and we will be embarrassed by the thoughts of character that we have attributed to Him mm. that, were, that said more about our judgmental nature 
<laughs> our unforgiving nature than they say about him yeah. because Jesus revealed that kind of father. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say to a person. What do I think about? You should lean into what we know about the character of God as revealed in Jesus. Yeah. And I, and I did want to say this too because the person asking the question did say, what do I offer to my friend? And, and I don't know how close your friend is to the actual event. Um, this could have been something that happened a long time ago. But I do know this, that um, you need to be very tender and gentle and careful about offering up your thoughts or your opinions before the person is really ready or wanting to hear those things. Um, you may be in that stage where grief is still happening and you need to be sensitive to that. I, I, what I mean is don't just run in and say, well, let me tell you what the Bible says and you know, make you feel better. Uh, there is a period of time in the grief process where that's actually not helpful. It's actually the opposite. So be very gentle, very wise. Uh, if you happen to be in that place uh, with your friend, uh, there may be a time when, yes, there, this conversation would be a great conversation to have, but there may come a time, or this, this time may be right now with your friend, that you need to just be, be present. Mm -hmm. and loving and, and helpful in whatever way they may need to, to, to go through that grieving process. And then when the questions come up and then the conversation happens, there's a more appropriate time to have it. And, you know, hopefully what, what you're hearing us talk about will be something that you can use uh, to help your friend wrestle through all of those issues. Um, but even then, more than anything, they don't just need Bible verses. Yeah. They need you. So I just wanted to make that, I just want to say that. I think, you know, Jason, that shift that you just made is a really, and maybe we should just tack this on the end of this question, unless somebody has something else to offer this person about suicide particularly. Nathan, you want to say anything on that? No. I'm not. I'd I like to I, talk. I, I, had you. A I had a couple verses written down, but, you know, like I said. It's, I think it's appropriate for most of us that are on the other side that we do have interactions of what you just talked about. How do I help a friend who's grieving? Yeah. What's appropriate? And, you know, what doesn't help? So, uh, you have thoughts on that other than what you just said? That, uh, what should I say? What should I do? What, when somebody is grieving that I care about, what's the right thing to do and say? I've often told people mostly it, not saying anything is better than saying something stupid. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and that came from my own experience, uh, going through loss the way my wife and I did. Um, we lost our son. We had a lot of people who, there's this thing in everybody, and, it, and I don't condemn it because I know it comes from a good place, but there's a thing in all of us who, when we see someone we love in pain, we want to fix it. Mm -hmm. And so that desire to fix the pain often leads us to believe that I'm going to say something or I'm going to give them an answer that they have a question about and it's going to fix that pain. And you have to let that go and understand that you don't have that power. <laughs> mm -hmm. you, no matter how many verses you have, no matter how many answers you have, no matter how many platitudes you give that person, when they are grieving, it's not helping really what a person needs to know and feel is they need safety, uh, they need space, they need to grieve. Mm -hmm. 
And know that it's okay to do it. Know that it's okay. And it's okay for you to say, I don't I don't have any answers for you. Or, or just, again, like I said earlier, just to say nothing. Just to be there. How can I help? What do you need? Let me, let me you know, take something off of your plate because grief feels like a burden. It feels like mm-hmm. a weight. Mm-hmm. And anytime somebody can just lift that from you, um, that helps, you know. But there, there's, I can tell you that people who have questions about their loved ones or about the death that they've experienced, you, it's not the answers that make it better. Well, I think so. that's true for almost anything that we go through that is difficult. Any place where I'm suffering, any place where um, I'm in chaos or tragedy or crisis, um, I think because we think of ourselves primarily as thinking beings, and what I mean is that we think of ourselves as primarily existing in our minds, that the real me is somewhere inside of this body, and you know, whereas our mind is one dimension of our being, it is not the fullness of who we are, it's not even the realist of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that physical touch holds a lot of power and sometimes just physically being near somebody, hugging somebody, holding someone, allowing them to cry or just be present in any any situation, coming and doing an act of service for somebody, coming and helping in some way, uh, often holds more power um, than the things that I'm able to convince them of. Yeah. Uh, the the way I'm able to to change their mind, and I think that's true in almost any situation. Uh, when a person is in a in a difficult situation, I want to be able to come and quickly be able to say the thing that'll change it. Well, like you said, you made a good point. The pain that you feel in grief is not just a pain of thought. Right. It's not a pain for what I'm thinking. It is. It is a physical, emotional, it is an emotional thing. It is gut, relational, level. especially oh, yeah. in grief. Relational. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's also a a, a, um, a morning of possibilities. Sure. That I don't. I now got ripped away. From, you know, mm-hmm. hopes and dreams that mm-hmm. got ripped away from me. Um, so all of those things. And back to your original point. And what I had said earlier, just filling in the gaps of what I'm thinking yeah, doesn't that? take any of that away. Well, and I think especially, especially if it's a believer, mm-hmm. I, there may be some bad thinking that I have to at sure. some point sure. help them get past. But, you know, when I'm with a lot of believers and I've been with people and I myself have gone through things where I know the right things about That's God. Right. I know them. And, you know, and someone comes and they say them to me and I go, yes, I know that. You know, and that's not the solution I needed. What I needed was for you to just be here and to hear me. Or what they needed was someone to come and just do my laundry. Like, come and do, you know, do an act of service for me. Do, you know, whatever is appropriate for that person. Because not everyone wants you to come yeah. and do their laundry. But different things. You yeah. know, you where wherever is appropriate to that person. And I think it allows us, you know, when we were talking in the, in the previous part of this conversation of trying to help people see God... Um, 
when I allow the Holy Spirit to incarnate within me, meaning to live within me, just as it, just as the Holy Spirit lived within Jesus, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. There is a way God is seen through me, and uh, you know we were saying earlier, you know what they need is you. Well, it's what they need is the Holy Spirit yes. through you. They need right. the Holy Spirit with flesh on to hold them. There's they a reason need, He's called the Comforter, right? Right, and that's what, and I made this point earlier. It is not, I do not have the ability to heal grief. Right. In, within myself. Right. But I have one who does. That's right. And I can share him with you. Right. And in our community together, yeah. he's present. That's right. And I allow him to do the work That's instead right. of me f- figuring out how I'm going to get, how I'm going to fix you. It's not about that. Yeah. yeah. So. That's why I'd even say to this person who's 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 grieving is I would just be there for him and I would try and point him towards a God who And that's not to say that if your friend isn't if they're asking you specific questions. Exactly. If they're asking you these questions, then you you're doing the right thing. You're trying to get an answer. You're trying to get answers and hopefully we gave you some of those. Um, uh, if you know we didn't, certainly reach back out to us. We'll, We'll try to do more. Um, I do find that most of us, I'm glad you all said all, everything you said is what I would have said. I find that most people, when I'm involved with somebody at a funeral or somewhere, people are talking way too much. Yeah. They're saying way too much. And I, I have done that too. I, you know, I had somebody years ago when I was a young preacher say to me, the only things that really matter to people are, say you're sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry this happened. Mm-hmm. And I love you. Mm-hmm. And I'll be here to do whatever you need me to do. Everything else you say probably will get taken the wrong way. That's what there's a high possibility any answer you give might get taken the wrong way, even though you meant it very well. And another thing that I just thought of it as you were saying that, that I know for sure from personal experience and from what I've read, is um, your friend who's in grief uh, wants to wants to talk about their mother. Yep. Right. Um, and I know that sometimes we go, well, I don't want to talk about it. Because it'll make them cry. Make them cry. Well, it, it's time to cry. Yeah. yeah. Those times, it is time to cry. It's time to talk about the loved one, allow them to share stories, yeah. um, remember uh, the good things, that the memories that they have to hold on to. Those are the things that will help sustain them in those, uh, especially those early days, yeah. but all the way through as they grieve. So, um don't shy away from talking about the person who's been lost. It's okay. It, it actually is a therapeutic thing, even if it hurts in the moment and it brings more emotion. Those are good things. They are. Don't be afraid of the emotion. Um, and that's that's a mistake also I see a lot. Oh, of I do too. So let's, Absolutely. Let's, let's don't bring it up. Let's don't talk about you know, I was I was at the, um, the home of a family who lost their son uh, in a tragic accident um, several years ago. And um, you can just feel the palpable, you know, grief in the room while we're sitting there. And it's people, I could tell they were they were afraid to bring up the son that they had lost. Um, but when I got there and we sat down together, that's all we talked about. Um, you know, we, we remembered his mannerisms and the things that he loved to do and right. the way that he was and... You know, it it brought again. It brought out a lot more emotion. People were struggling through it, but you could also feel uh, the, a little bit of that peace come. That's as right. People began to do that. So, That's right. Uh, I just use that as an example. Uh, 
that that is that is true of a lot of most everybody who loses someone. So do that for your friend. That could also help as well. Um, but in the in, back to your original question, whatever you can do uh, to bring peace to your friend, to remind them of the things that we talked about that we do know from God's word, things that we don't have clear answers on from God's word that we can't take stands on, uh, certainly don't allow them to go there. Um, one other verse that I always love to go back to, and I guess we'll just wrap up with this, is you know Paul says in Romans eight uh, about you know, and, and I, I, I apply this to the person who has taken their life. Paul says in Romans eight, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Mm-hmm. He gives us a long list of things. Life and death are on that list. Yep. Yeah. Um, so. If life and death and everything, he then then qualifies and says, and nothing in all of creation can separate us from the love of God, I certainly believe that suicide would be on that list. I do too. So use that as as comfort as well for your friend. Nothing can separate her mother from the love of God. So I don't have anything else. Nothing else. I don't. Me either. So, all right. Heavy one this week. Yeah. um, But... A necessary good one. Absolutely. I, Thank I, you for the question. Yes. Thank you for entrusting us with that topic. Uh, that means well, a lot and thank you for being there for your friend. Yeah, what a blessing absolutely. it is yes. for your friend to have you. Yes, yep. that's yes. right. Absolutely. So, way to go. Hang in there. If you need anything else from us, certainly let us know. All right, uh, we're we're going to wrap up here, and then we've got another question. Uh, actually, I think this one's about prayer coming up next week. Okay, uh, it's Karen's question. So, Karen, if you're listening, your question is next week. So, tune in next week. We'll you don't mean Karen, like Karen. No, not, this is not, not the Karen. This is a specific. Our friend Karen. Oh, okay, all right. All right, our friend our Karen. Our friend that we know. Okay, all right, good. Who goes to our church. Yeah, I know. Okay. So we'll I just wanted to make sure that we're not Karen at no, a question. No, no. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> okay, all right. So, all right. So, you guys come back next week. We'll see you then.